1: listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 449, and today we are talking about books being released on February 13th, 2024, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Vanessa Diaz, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Vanessa! Liberty! How's it going? It's, it's
0: going. <laughs> we're living life. <laughs> we are I, I told Liberty this already, but I'm going through this weird cycle of having a lot of headaches, which I already am a headache person, but they've been wild lately. And like, that's, we don't need to go too hard into that. But I just need to share that yesterday <laughs> I was not feeling like myself and was trying to prepare for this podcast. So I put on an audiobook and I kept trying to increase the volume of the audiobook from on my phone and it wasn't working. And I thought, oh, oh my no. gosh, like, it's my phone, like, you know, whatever. And so I said, Kim, okay, I guess I'm going to need to get a new phone because it wasn't working. So I finally gave up turned on the TV and just what gave myself a heart attack because I had been trying to adjust the volume on my phone with my TV remote. And uh. I apparently had just been steadily increasing the volume on a show that I had paused. And when I unpaused it, the volume was very, very, very high. And that is where we're at right now. <laughs> I almost uh. killed myself trying to read an audiobook because I'm out of it, but you know, it's fine. Just went back to print. Uh. <laughs>
1: Well, if it makes you feel better, I read the new book in the Investigators series with the two alligators who investigate Mm -hmm. crimes. And he kept trying to make phone calls on his calculator. So
0: see, I am in good company.
1: Yeah, (laughs) apparently.
0: I felt so silly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Plus, like, there's so many buttons and so many different things. You know, like, I call our TV the not smart TV, because there's just it's just a pain, and I, and I wish yep. we could go back to just having, like, the giant computer screen that we had. Um, <laughs> but a TV costs a
0: lot less, so there we are. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, this is not the button you do for this, but in this app it is, and, like, it's just...
0: Ugh, oh, yeah, so. explaining that to my parents. It's <laughs> been really fun. <laughs> but that is a different conversation. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of messing up, I think I called last week's episode... 449 or I forgot Oops. to change the area or I changed the area code but not the episode date so I called the area code I don't know I did something, something but anyway happened. this is episode 449 and the corresponding area code serves the area surrounding Montreal in Canada <laughs> so hello Montreal. to everyone there yes it is a great place I've only been three times. And the last time was like 18 years ago. Oh, wow. So it's been a very long, long time. Yeah. For like my 30th birthday, uh, I went on a motorcycle ride. I did not drive the motorcycle. <laughs>
0: I was like, oh my. <laughs> no. Um,
1: we went up through through Maine, out the top into Canada, and then went down the St. Lawrence Seaway to Vermont and then came back in um, and it was really fun except on our way back in the I was I was with my boyfriend at the time and I said to him I because we had to you know give IDs at the at the border coming back mm-hmm. into the states I said I need to get this out of my wallet because it, where you have your license picture usually in your wallet I had made myself a Lilu Dallas multipass from the fifth element So like when I opened my wallet, that's what was there. So I needed to take my wallet that my license out of from behind there. But instead he heard hand him my wallet or something. So he just grabbed my wallet and passed it to the guy. And then we had to sit there for like 10 minutes while I tried to explain to him that I I was not trying to get into the country with a fake ID. Oh, no, I had my real ID right there, but he didn't think it was funny at all. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh uh, well, at least you don't have to see this city. <laughs> I love Montreal. I, yeah, I've eaten some really good food there.
1: They probably like called and said, you know, we have Liberty Hardy here at the border, I and mean, they're like, yeah, yeah, give her back. We don't, we don't want her. That's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like send her back where she came from. That's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you're here with me.
1: Yeah, I got back um and yeah i don't have that uh wallet anymore don't have that boyfriend anymore uh don't know where my multi-pass is oh, but it's still in the my real heart. loss <laughs> yeah that was the real loss um anyway we're going to talk about books now but before we do that we are
2: going to hear from a sponsor today's episode is brought to you by bloom books Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him, unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloane Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate. Miss Wong, got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Then you have Claire Biggs who is the epitome of sunshine. She's always loved Gibbsy, her brother's friend and her favorite neighbor. She also has always seen a side to him that no one else seems to notice and she becomes determined to tame her wild at heart childhood best friend. Okay, so
1: it's the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. We've had this going on for several weeks now. I've been seeing all kinds of stuff going on online, social media, people asking, what should I read for this? What should I read for that? Well, you can find out all about it when you join us as we make our way through the 24 tasks for this year's Read Harder Challenge that are meant to expand our reading horizons and diversify our TBRs. To get book recommendations for each task, you can sign up for the Read Harder newsletter. We'll also keep you informed about other cool reading challenges, readathons, and more across the bookish internet. If you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations plus community features where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. Visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. Well, all right. Yay. I got uh, a book journal. I, so I've traded in buying like all kinds of blank journals at the beginning of every year and then mm-hmm. not filling them out. To this year, uh, I I got like four different book journals a- and I write the same information in each one. Great. But they look <laughs> different and they're different sizes and I use different colored pens. So it's very exciting for me. <laughs> I find it very relaxing. But one of the ones that I got, I accidentally got the, I thought it was a book journal, but it was bookish social media journal. So it's like, this is oh. what book I'm going to talk about on this day, on these sites. Here's oh. who's sponsoring this. I was like, ah, <laughs> that was too much for me. I was like, I can't even plan what I'm having for lunch. I cannot plan what I'm ha- going to put on Instagram.
0: You know, Good for you for trying it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's still pretty cool though. And I still keep writing things in it, you know, I'm like, well. Don't want to waste the paper. (laughs) Good. Anyway, so my first pick for today, I believe I talked about on the uh, Books We're Excited About show a couple months ago. It is The Warm Hands of Ghosts by Catherine Arden. This is a remarkable novel set during World War I from the author of the Winter Night Fantasy Trilogy, which started with The Bear and the Nightingale, probably sounds familiar. And also the Small Spaces Middle Grade Horror Quartet, which I thoroughly enjoy. This book is about a nurse named Laura who was working at a military hospital in Flanders when she was severely injured. Uh, The hospital was bombed. Um, She's hurt very badly. She is sent home to Halifax, Canada. We were just talking about Canada. Uh, And shortly after... She arrives in Halifax. Her parents are killed in the Halifax Explosion. That's what it's called now. It is the Munitions Explosion when a ship passing by carrying tons of explosives for the war uh, exploded in the middle of the river and just basically leveled the town. It's a very famous event. Um, and not only did that happen, but then a couple hours later... Halifax received one of the biggest snowstorms on record, and people who were traveling to help with the explosion couldn't get through. They couldn't find survivors because it was everything was covered in snow. Um, Boston sent a train to help, uh, which is why every year to this day Halifax provides the big Christmas tree in Boston. There's an amazing, amazing book about this called Curse of the Narrows. But now I'm talking about the wrong thing, so let's get back to Laura. So Laura has lost her parents in this explosion. Um, And a little while later, she receives a strange package. It's the belongings of her brother, Freddie, who is a soldier over in Belgium. He's still across the Atlantic. Now, Laura knows that normally, if a soldier is killed in action, there would be like a telegraph, an official notification, and his things would be packed differently. And this is just a package with some of his things. Like, she knows that they were things he took to to uh belgium but you know she's thinking she has no family left in halifax and there's the possibility that her brother is dead but with no explanation so what if he isn't dead like why did she receive these things so she talks her way back onto a nursing staff that is headed back to the front because she wants to find out what happened to freddie this is in january of 1918 this is when this all starts Uh, But in alternating chapters, we go back to November 1917 and find out what happens to Freddy. He goes into battle and we learn what happens. I don't want to tell you anything about that because I feel like that's where the really spoilery parts are. Um, But this is one of the most brutal, heartbreaking, beautiful war novels I have read in a long time. Just novel in general. Um, I know I say this all the time, but there are so few novels about World War One compared to novels about World War II for the various reasons. You know, we have more things on record, more film, more pictures. Um, but This this book is amazing. It has some speculative elements, but it's truly one of the best books I've read about the pointlessness and horror of war. Laura is obviously traumatized by the horrific events that she has witnessed and finding out what happened to her brother seems to be what she has fixated on to keep herself going to the point where she ignores everything else. She ignores her health. She forgets to eat. Um, There's a cute doctor at the hospital that she doesn't want to get involved with because she just wants to find her brother. Um, And Freddie feels like a very realistic portrayal of a person dropped into a situation that they want no part of, and they're terrified, but... This is happening with or without them, uh, so you know, what are you going to do? Arden clearly has a lot of love for her characters and has done her research. Uh, I do want to give content warnings. There are a lot for this one, um, including child harm and death, violence, injury, war, ableism, gore, loss of a loved one, PTSD, uh, animal death, which are it, they're all uh, instances of uh, farm animals being killed, uh, substance abuse and suicide it is the warm
0: hands of ghosts by katherine arden that one's very high on my list too and i mean i was already gonna read it but no i'm definitely gonna amazing wonderful uh, i am very excited for my first pick which again is a thing you hear us say all the time but it's true because we like books but it's um nefarura by melina evans i do not know if i'm pronouncing that right because i'm not super up to date on my Ancient Egyptian. I keep wanting to pronounce it in Spanish. So that might happen. But uh, Melena Evans is a historian, an author and a historian. She has like a master's in Greek and Roman history. And I think in the ancient Near East and a PhD in Egyptian history. So, you know, knows her stuff, which is great when you're sitting out to write something like this, because just means that she adds a lot of really, really rich detail from the time period. She's also written a middle grade series that I didn't. I actually didn't know about called the, I think it's the Jagra Jones series. It's also based in ancient Egypt. So I'm definitely going to be looking that up next. But this is her adult debut and it's set in Egypt's 18th dynasty. And it's all about the high priestess Neferua, Nefer- Nefer- <laughs> that's how I want to pronounce that. Um, and she is the kind of forgotten daughter of the female pharaoh Hatshepsut. As princess and high priestess, her life is you know, pretty much all about duty, like duty to her mother, duty to the court, duty to her people. And it's a duty that is not easily forgotten because, you know, that happens when your mother is a pharaoh and a very famous one at that. Um, well, now, but so things get particularly unpleasant for her at, with the arrival of her half-brother Tutmos at court, Tutmos Th- Th- the, I think third, if I remember. And so anyway, he's an awful man who is determined to get in her way and keep her from ever ascending to power. And she knows that's what's happening because she overhears his plot to end her mother's rule and, you know, take things for himself. So, how he does that is he plants the seeds of betrayal by starting a rumor that Hatshepsut poisoned her husband, Niferura, and their father in his sleep. So, if he goes public with this accusation, it could plunge the kingdom into chaos and then, you know, bring about her death. And so she sets out to stop him, ends up partnering with this mysterious woman and her network of spies she's getting you know all this information but like does she trust this lady all the way like not really did her mother in fact poison her father she's not so sure because she's beginning to see that her mother is a lot more ruthless than she realized but does that mean that she killed her father who knows so she has to do that thing where she decides where her loyalties lie who she can trust what is she willing to sacrifice to protect her people to preserve, you know, her own life and keep everything from just falling apart at the hands of a tyrant. I love Egyptology period. <laughs> I will watch The Mummy any old day of the week. But I, yeah, I haven't read like, quite as many books set in ancient Egypt as I would like the way that I read tons of mythology. This is very much like that next kind of catnip that if you wait in front of me, I'm like, yes, give me more. I want that. So I admittedly have not finished all of it. But what I have read so far has been really, really compelling. And again, you can tell She's a historian because of how much beautiful detail is uh, really brought to, like, bring this world of ancient Egypt to life. So if you two are an Egypt nerd or just, like, a really well-plotted book, um, this is really fun. So, again, that's Neferura by Melina Evans. Excellent. Adding it to my list. I love
1: love reading about ancient Egypt. I know. I have a scarab tattooed. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, although I got it for my 18th birthday, so now it kind of looks like... (laughs) A sad bird with a dinner plate. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yeah. Anyway, my next pick for today is The Book of Doors by Gareth Brown. This is a debut that is going to be the next big book for fans of V.E. Schwab and Aaron Morgenstern. And for people who love the novel The Cartographers, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know I keep saying this, but I can't really give too much away without spoiling it. Um, But I can tell you it's about books, which is exciting. That's all you really need to know. Uh, But it's about a woman named Cassie. She's a young woman who works as a bookseller uh, who befriends a lonely old man who hangs out in the bookstore where she works. He comes in. He's very polite. They chat a little bit. He sits at the table. He leaves. But at the beginning of the book... The man dies. He's at the store and he passes away. And, you know, it's very sad. And Cassie, you know, calls for help. And after all this, she discovers that he has left a package for her. It's an unusual gift. It's a book titled, say it with me now, The Book of Doors. Now, Cassie is like, oh, that's nice. Thanks, random old man, for this random book that I can't find anything About on the internet. Uh, But soon she learns that whoever is in possession of this book on their person can open a door anywhere in the world. You just have to have the book on you. You think of a door anywhere on the planet. like Picture it. And then when you open the door in front of you, it's like your apartment door, you know, the bathroom door, whatever. You'll see that place that you want to go. Like on the other side of that door. Voila! You can just walk right through to that place. Cassie is like, this is pretty nifty. Uh, No more running for the subway and being late for work. I'll just think of the back door to the bookstore and just go to work. Uh, She also does a little globe hopping, because why not? You know, why not pop into Paris for dessert if you can? Uh, But with great power comes great responsibility. And Cassie learns that not only are there more books out in the world, Uh, Each with their own special power, but there are very dangerous people who seek them for their own uses. Most of those uses are not good. They just want to make themselves more powerful and rich. Um, And here she has just advertised that she has one of these books by searching for it on the Internet. Uh, So now she's in danger. Her friend gets pulled into the adventure and she is in danger. The people who know she has the book and want to help her are in danger. And just everyone is in danger, even the bad people who would hurt Cassie for the Book of Doors, because the woman is coming. Basically, the woman, that's all she's called. She's like the most evil woman on the planet. She is definitely one of the best new villains that I've read in a while. Just pure evil. Uh, while I was reading this book, I kept thinking of Gwyneth Paltrow and Sliding Doors, saying, You know, today I met Cruella DeVille's less nice sister. Um, but She's so bad. Uh, but this is just so much fun. And also, it gets really dark in places, which I also loved. Uh, so, and the end like I just love how everything came together. I love the story. It it just kept me guessing, which is something that I appreciate because it's hard to do. Um, it's really an ambitious debut that is sure to delight so many of you. And It has a lot of content warnings, um, including fat phobia, grief, loss of a loved one, cancer, racism, misogyny, child harm, graphic torture and injury, gore, graphic violence, murder, substance addiction and death, animal harm and death uh, involving the mass killing of a bunch of animals. uh, And Mm. yeah, so just know that going in. Um, but I mean, it's like it's like nothing that you, you haven't read in all these other, you know, amazing dark fantasy books. Um, and it's not even that dark all the time. So
0: I just love it. It's called The Book of Doors by Gareth Brown. I appreciate that um, assurance because I definitely spent the first part of your description be like, yes, this is everything I want. And at the end, I was like, wait, but it does sound like I could get through it.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I've discovered, you know, since since we've been doing like TBR for so long now that. Um, you know, there are people who like to know when of there's course. animal death and then oh, there yeah. are people who like to know when there is specific animals yes. like pets or yes. cats or dogs. So I try to make that distinction, um, you know, and, and like for me, it it helps knowing up front because that's just that's the thing that really bothers me. Like when I'm reading, of so. course, um, someone was just telling me, they're like, I just started reading this book that I really wanted to read. And in the first chapter is from the first person. Uh, well, it's just horrible. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it, but I was like, okay, thank you for letting okay, me know. Okay, thank you. I am leaving. <laughs> so like, I'm leaving. I'm was like, i not going to read that, but I'm not going to traumatize people any further. You can tell us about your next book.
0: Great, which I am also very, very happy to be talking about. This one actually came out last week, but I could not talk about it because I was very excited. And that is Relit, 16 Latinx remi- Remixes of Classic Stories. It's edited by Sandra Proudman. It is, as the title implies, a re- uh, li- just collection, really, of 16 different retellings. And I love this for a few reasons. Um, one, I'm always going to be here for more Latinx lit. This one is cool because it is a remix of so many different types of stories in different categories. Um, typically, I feel I could be wrong, but all the examples I can think of of these sort of you know retellings collections are all sort of lumped in, which there's nothing wrong with this. This is great, but it's more kind of specific where like these are retellings of Shakespeare. These are retellings of mythology or of fairy tales. And this one really is just like, do you want to retell something? Great. Take a seat. And the list of authors, I won't read all of them, but David Bowles, Soraya Cordova, Córdoba, Raquel Vázquez-Gilliland, Tori Maldonado, Ana Meriano, Amparo Ortiz, Nónica uh, Ramos, Eric Smith, who used to be a book riot person, used to host one of our podcasts for a long time. Just a lot of really great names in the YA space. And so I set out to read as many of these stories as I could for today. And I didn't finish all of them, but I just want to shout out some of the ones I, I can remember really loving. The there's the very, very first story actually is this story set on a ship, not on Earth, like in space. And there's a girl who's doing a, like a live stream talking about Earth sort of as like an Earth is over <laughs> type of thing. I love the perspective from which it's told. It's a remix of Pride and Prejudice. I don't think I said that part. Um, there is a, another, like a re, I guess a witchy remake of Jane Eyre. There's a really cool Hades and Persephone retelling. There's one about Goldilocks, but like, what if Goldilocks was a Latina and had a taste for blood? And then a Hamlet remix with like mech suits and. Digital reincarnation and like a vengeance arc that's really cool. And I just these were all so inventive. And because again, they're like telling different kinds of stories in so many different categories, there's kind of something for everybody. And there you really kind of don't know what to expect next. Like it's very, very um varied and very varied. (laughs) Yeah, I went to school. But yeah, it's it was just so much fun. Like I can't wait to finish the rest of the stories some of the ways that people think to remake things just completely blow my mind. Like it's one thing to just retell a thing and make it modern, but then to add all these extra elements, like, yeah, I'm live streaming from a different planet and I have a crush on a guy named Farsi, the foosh, <laughs> it's supposed to be a Darcy thing. And uh, yeah, the like, witchy you Jane Eyre thing. Like th- there's a lot of stories that kind of tap into like that side of it. Cause I think part of the story maybe lends itself to it if you know the ending, but it did it in a different way that I wasn't expecting. So yeah, it's just super fun. I'm so glad to see all of these amazing authors coming together to put together this really cool project. So again, that is Relit, 16 Latinx Remixes of Classic Stories edited by Sandra Proudman.
1: All right. Now, those are books that we have read, read some of, really enjoyed. Those, my two are definitely going to be, I think, in my top 10 of the year. Just be fun. Uh, My next one I have not read, but I am very interested In it, it is called Smoke and Ashes, Opium's Hidden Histories by Amitav Ghosh. Amitav Ghosh is the author of the best-selling Ibis trilogy, which includes Sea of Poppies, which had been shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize. He also writes a lot of nonfiction. Uh, According to his bio, he has received two Lifetime Achievement Awards and five honorary doctorates, which is amazing. And in 2018, he became the first English-language writer to win India's highest literary honor. Uh, Smoke and Ashes is part history, part memoir about the opium trade, told both through history and uh, how it affected his own family. Uh, He recounts opium trading, which uh, I did not know anything about this part of history, except for the racist stereotypes involving opium in old books and movies. And I'd like to think no, but probably involving some new ones, too. Uh, and I was just fascinated just, just by the book description. Apparently, the British started getting opium from India to trade with China, and that's how it started really moving around the globe. And then Britain was reliant upon those deals for their economy, and some of the most powerful wealthy families in the world today uh, got their some part of their wealth uh, from opium trading, Um, And he also, it also says that the book talks about horticultural history, the mythologies of capitalism and the social and cultural repercussions of colonialism. It sounds absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure it will be as he spent many years working on this book. It is Smoke and Ashes, Opium's Hidden Histories
0: by Amitav Ghosh. I've been reading, t- meaning to read mental ghost for a very long time. And
1: me too. Just
0: a I, I'm, big old pile of I've like. I've never read it. Yeah. Maybe
1: yeah. yeah I, I do believe I own all three books in the Ibis trilogy because one of my coworkers <laughs> at the bookstore many years ago, it was like her favorite series. And I kept saying, yes, oh. I will read it. And no, I did not.
0: So. Yeah. We all have one or seven of those kinds of authors. <laughs> all of those. <laughs> many, many, many. I know. Great. I love that we're just constantly writing each other's recommendations down this episode. And OK, so my first one that I have not read and I was very, very much meaning to and will be reading this week because I just love the concept is called The Framed Women of Artemore House by Brandy Scalace just a great name is so the book is about a woman named joe jones who has always sort of felt like she didn't fit in and she especially feels that way right now because she has been through it and has found herself in the english countryside very unexpectedly she lost her job her mom and her marriage all in one year and so she's pretty jazzed about the uh, fact that she has, I think, believe, inherited inherited, or just found out about an unwanted, because it might be haunted, family estate in North Yorkshire in the English countryside. So she takes off. But again, we've had some like fit issues, like kind of from the beginning, and she's not sure, is it, you know, her Americanisms or her autism? So we have this neurodivergent, hyperlexic book editor protagonist, which already got me excited to read because it's great to see some more neurodivergent representation but of course, you know, she gets to this house already feeling kind of fish out of water. And then the body of like a really the moody town's groundskeeper turns up on the property with three bullets in his back. And of course, she is both fearful for like, am I next or am I a suspect? Neither one of those is the things that I want to happen to me. And then she also finds out that a peculiar family portrait has vanished from this secret room in the house that she didn't know about. And that picture bears a strange connection to both this dead body that has showed up on her doorstep and also her own family history. So it sounds really fun. Like some of the other kind of keywords I saw in the description is that there's like a Welsh antiques dealer who helps kind of solve the crime. There's a morose local detective, an innkeeper's wife, like all of the motley crew of like eclectic side characters that I look for in this kind of thing all seem to be present with again, some cool, neurodivergent representation and a mystery that sounds fun to try to solve. I love a secret room. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. That's The Framed Women of Ardmore House by Brandy Scalace.
2: Okay. And now we're going to hear from another sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish golden age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players. But what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive even the help of Guillen Sant'Angel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must-read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at Leebardugothefamiliar.com And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo, for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> All right. So, I meant
1: to do this at the beginning of the show and I completely forgot. So, before I tell you about my last pick, which I have not read, you're probably wondering, Liberty, why aren't you talking about The Book of Love by Kelly Link because we know that it's your favorite book of the year <laughs> Good and you worship her. Uh and that is because uh thankfully, we love them for this. Uh The Book of Love is a sponsor of Book Riot this week. So, um we don't usually endorse sponsors, uh, even though I do love so, so, so much, but that is the reason why I just, I just thought like, I should point that out. I didn't want anyone to think that it wasn't amazing or that Kelly Link is, you know, like not my favorite author anymore because she is. Uh, so that is, that is why. Um, and now I'm going to tell you about another book today that I have not read, uh, but I'm excited to, it's called Private Equity, a memoir by Carrie Sun. This was supposed to come out a while back. I even included it in a Book Riot January roundup of books to watch for that year. I think it was 2022, you know, and put it under November. And then by February of that year, it had disappeared. Like they had removed the release date and you couldn't find it anywhere. Um, But it sounded so good. And now it's back. Here it is now. And it still sounds so good. Uh, Carrie Sun went to MIT She graduated early and became an analyst uh, and worked very hard at that, got engaged. But as she was approaching 30, she realized she was very unhappy with her life. So when someone asked her if she wanted to work at one of the most powerful hedge funds in the world, she said, yes, she wanted a change. So there she is. Uh, I honestly was like, I don't know what a hedge fund is. Like, I know it involves money, and I kind of know what it is, but I had to look it up. So I want to tell you, because in case you're like, I don't know what a hedge fund is, Google tells me a hedge fund is a limited partnership of investors that uses high-risk methods such as investing with borrowed money in hopes of realizing large capital gains. So there you have it. That's a hedge fund. Uh, So they said, do you want to work here? She said, yes. They still made her sit through 14 interviews, but eventually she got the job. She was hired as the assistant to the firm's billionaire founder. And she was his only assistant. She made all the trains run. She knew everything that he knew. She went everywhere that he did. And she became really wrapped up in his high pressure life and his extravagant lifestyle. But it was taking a serious toll on her mind and her body, and she began to question what she was doing. What was this all for? What good was working at a hedge fund doing in her life? Uh, And this highly anticipated memoir is about the answers she came up with when she started asking the right questions. Like Jodie Foster says in True Detective 4, you know, what is the right question? Everything comes back to True Detective 4 for me right now. Um, So I'm very excited to read this. It is called Private Equity, a memoir by Carrie
0: Sun. I learned something new today. In spite of hearing the word hedge fund over and over many times in my life, I'm like, yeah, 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 that's a thing people with much more money than I do know about. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're trimming the the bushes. And just found some cash. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Well, this my next pick is in no way about hedge funds, but so I'm also so excited to get to it. I'm bummed I couldn't get to it before. I just did not have the time and space. But it's The Fox Wife by Yang C. Chu. I loved The Night Tiger. I've been needing to get to the rest of her books. I just haven't, but I really, really, really loved that one. So I was super excited to pick this one up because it is all, well, it's not all about, but it really taps into the Asian tradition of fox folklore. So... It opens it's it's set in Manchuria in the early 1900s during the like waning days of the Qing Empire. And at the beginning of the book a courtesan is found frozen in a doorway and her death is sort of clouded by rumors about these foxes which are believed to be like these sort of mythical beings that lure people into dangerous situations by transforming themselves into beautiful women or men. So that has just happened, and a detective is trying to figure out like what's going on. a, because it's a mystery that just needs solving. But because Bao, Bao has always, the detective's name is Bao, has been intrigued by this idea of the fox gods forever and ever, and like now this seems to kind of be bringing all that home. And then meanwhile, in another. Not timeline, but like another story that eventually does collide with Baos. There's a family who owns a really famous Chinese medicine shop that can cure ailments, but can't escape this awful curse, which is that the eldest sons of that family all die before their 24th 24th birthdays. So then this servant named Snow shows up at this household. And it seems like maybe the family's luck has mysteriously begun to change maybe but snow has many many secrets and one of them is that she's actually a mother that is looking for vengeance for a child of hers that was killed so she's hunting a murderer and that pursuit is going to take her from northern china to japan and bao's storyline and snows like collide at this point and it all kind of comes together in what i understand to be like a mix of myth and What is myth? What is not? Like, is there something at play? Is it something where, you know, every day, there are things that we cannot explain with our everyday explanations. (laughs) That was repetitive, but you know where I was going with that. So yeah, I just love the way that Yang Zi Chu does this kind of weaving in of mythical, paranormal, otherworldly stories into a like what really even without all those elements is just a really compelling read and this sounds like it's right up that same alley so yeah i'm really excited for that that is the fox wife by gangsy Chu. i am very excited for that
1: one as well and weirdly there's uh what is it there's another book out today i think it's a YA graphic novel yeah called the fox maidens oh that's right by robin ha oh i love robin uh, ha yeah i wonder if it's similar in any way. Ooh, I don't know. great! I look that up. I don't know, but yeah. So those are books that we're coming out today, mostly, and we're excited about them. I think we use that adjective like a hundred
0: times. Yeah, you know. So, what are you going to read next? I'm definitely going to be reading *The Foxwife* and *The um, Framed Women* of Ardmore House because, yeah, I truly, really am excited to read them. I'm also going to read "Come and Get It" by Kylie Reid. I've been meaning to read it. I've had a copy of it for a while now, just haven't gotten around. But now that all of the the buzz is buzzing about the book since it's been picked for book clubs and stuff, it just sort of reminded me I need to get to it. So yep, yeah, going to be reading that. You're going I'm to a- read,
1: read. Yep. What was what did you say earlier? Very variant, very, yep, very var- varied, <laughs> very varied.
0: Yep, I know lots of words. <laughs> <laughs> How about you?
1: <laughs> I am going to read. There is no Ethan, How Three Women Caught America's Biggest Catfish by Anna Akbari. Ooh. I have no interest. I've never watched like, I don't even know if it's still on the catfishing shows or any of that stuff. I have no interest in watching them, but I do. I I do love a scam book. Ooh, so I'm very do. excited about that. And I also just got my hands on The Gathering by CJ Tudor, which I'm excited to read because I hear it's about vampires. Ooh, yay. Yeah. So I'm down for that. Um, And, yeah, so we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get you back to your, I don't know, ice pack, Advil. (laughs)
0: Lots of both in my life lately. (laughs) Whatever is
1: happening. Um, But thank you for sticking it out with me today. And thank you to all of our listeners. That's it for us. You can visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brame. You can drop us a line at, at com. You can find us online. Where do you hang out online, Vanessa?
0: Mostly on Instagram, to be honest, at Buenos yeah. D.S.S.D.
1: And I mostly hang out on Instagram at and comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us, and we appreciate it so so much and as much as we would love to tell you about more books today we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter and for more recs or general bookishness check out bookriot.com and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search book riot on your podcast player of choice and in the meantime Happy Happy reading. reading.